Hey, listeners, before we get to your show, this is a blast from your past. Were you hanging around in the 90s watching Nickelodeon before you got too old for it and started smoking weed and doing drugs? Well, then you should know us. This is Danny Tamborelli and... And this is Michael C. Morona. We're here to ask you to check out our podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Michael. And here's our on-air producer, Jeremy, to tell us what you'll be hearing. You can hear things like minisodes, full episodes, nostalgia dumps, interviews with some of today's hottest comedians. That's right, Jeremy. All of those things and more. So check us out. The Adventures of Danny and Mike on the Seltzer Kings Network. Boys, a podcast where three guys watch their way through Sex in the City for the first time ever, mostly. Four guys I'm Corey Cavan. Four guys. Four guys. Mm-hmm. Well, the show's about us, and then we have a lovely guest every time, and our guest today is a guy who has watched Sex in the City. Kevin, do you want to mm-hmm. bring in our guest? Uh, we have Greg Young with us. He is a podcast innovator. That's was true. At sure. The ground floor. Sure, of course. This is, it's actually a great guest. I feel like we we could have done more prep because you're the Bowery Boys. That's is your true, podcast, right. it's the New York City History Podcast, and and I don't know, maybe you'll have some tidbits for us. I'm sure you will. But um, amazing podcast that you should definitely check out. And Greg, thank you for being with us. Oh, thank, thank you so much. Greg, yeah, can you no, tell us pleasure. a little bit? Could you what? tell us a little bit quickly about the Bowery Boys? Yeah, and how long you guys have been going and stuff like that? All right. So the yeah the the Bowery Boys New York City History Podcast is a uh, a podcast about New York City history, but like it's people, places, it can be, you know, whatever, um, with whatever angle catches our fancy. Like it can be last time it was a park, it was Riverside Park, but it can also be people, it can also be important events. And we have been doing it for what seems like forever since 2007. <laughs> wow. And um, we just just recorded our 271st episode. Dang. Amazing. That's a lot of podcasts. We'd have to do Sex in the City like three times to yes. get there. I think we're li- we're this is we're going to do like 90 episodes, I think. Is, I think it's. Yeah. And then we'll and then we'll put it to rest unless <laughs> unless we choose another show like uh Girls? Wings. 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 Oh, no, excellent. Yeah. Designing women, actually, wings. would be pretty Designing good. Designing women would be a oh, great one. That would be a pretty good one to, to do in this model. Yeah. Because it's like a show that, that show. is both weirdly dated yeah. and super relevant. There's also like these strains, if you watch it today, it's like, oh my God, they're they're like talking about like fat women and they're talking about colored men and they're talking mm. about the, all the word the words and the things are not like exactly what like we wouldn't describe those today and yet yeah. this how they handle those subjects i think i think is rather thoughtful depending there, on how the uh, totally there was a summer that my mom and i my my dad like traveled a bunch when i was a kid for for work and my mom and i this one summer my dad was traveling a bunch her and i watched almost all of designing women together <laughs> when I was, who's in designing women uh delta burke Oh, okay. Um, Annie Potts. Annie Potts. Uh, Gene Smart. Gene Smart. That's right. And then, of course, Dixie Carter. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. And then the guy, uh, Anthony. What's his name? Anthony, well, the, yeah, is um, he's in the movie Mannequin also. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's weird because it's set in the South, so it has a lot. It just there's a lot of things that make you kind of feel uncomfortable in watching it, but I think it can be. It's a little astute, not as astute, of course, as Sex in the City. That is true. It could be a it's a second project. Have you guys done a Sex in the City episode of The Bowery Boys? No. Um, it's funny because I that would be that has actually come up. Mm-hmm. Um, both like. The, the history of the city that's used in the show, but then how the show impacted yeah. the show. I mean, had impacted the city. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, I lived, I mean, I came to New York in the m- mid 90s. Uh-huh. And so we kind of saw the city before, was into the show, then saw kind of what happened in the, you know, the time after that. Yeah. So, and, you know, I think sometimes we give it kind of an outward Import, I mean, importance as to the changes that it made to the city, the quote unquote gentrification and mm-hmm. and the turning of like previously like kind of working class neighborhoods or like industri- industrial neighborhoods, like the meatpacking district. Yeah. I mean, the Sex in the City ladies did not turn the meatpacking district into some weird um, wonderland of high fashion and expensive cocktails. Mm-hmm. It reflected it, obviously, because yeah. they go to meatpacking district on the show. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it becomes like they branded, like their identity sort of branded onto a certain kind of culture. And then, of course, you know, there was a period where people really identified with the characters. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you would have whole gaggles of, of you know, women going to those kinds of bars and having cosmos like that 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 was a, a thing mm-hmm. you know i wouldn't specifically blame that sh- that show was as much a reflection of things that were already happening yeah the sort of like levels of gentrification so and then um yeah so we haven't we haven't done a show i think we we could yeah pretty easily do how a do show. you how do you find w- topics for your show is there a process to it well, I mean, we kind of try to do like random in, okay. a, in a way, meaning that like if we, you know, there's so many aspects of New York City history. So if we hit one, one really hard, we try to do like we try to go like the opposite direction. Yeah. So if we do something that's sort of kind of serious, mm-hmm. um, like the Civil War draft riots were this horrible thing that happened in 1863, where the city was pretty much burned down by. Uh, people who didn't want to be who didn't want to fight on the union side you know right. and so they burned down their draft offices and there was a lot of violence so you know then we need to do something kind of fun like yeah. the next show pretty much so because there's so many different aspects of new york that are yeah they're fascinating and the more we do the more shows we do the more subjects there are yeah. actually yeah you can't really run out <laughs> no yeah. no we have more now than we did ever before you know so do you have one fact about new york that like still after all this time blows your mind where you're just like i can't believe this is actually something that happened in new york or a fact about new york i mean like a thousand of them probably but just perhaps the idea that um like there were so many like this was like where most of the immigrants came for like several decades and the lower east side was the most densely populated place in the world really in the late 19th century for like i mean i'm not sure of the when it when it was over overtaken by another but it was like at least for like you know three or four decades i mean that is just extraordinary as someone who used to live in the lower east side and who lived in one of those tenements and thinking wow like 
80 people used to live in this building and now yeah. there's just 20 you yeah. know yeah that's pretty um, insane i love that that iconic if you just google the lower east side it'll come up but it's that picture of there's all the push carts and there's just yeah. everyone mm-hmm. in the street and it's crazy to be like that's that's just one street yeah that's one little block that they got the picture of not that entire neighborhood well I mean, you have to i mean and think of it this way like they didn't like think of like on a hot summer's day but those what did those people do at night like people were sleeping in the fire escapes they were sleeping uh. on the rooftops i mean there was like just uh, imagine a building with people pouring out of it yeah and then imagine the whole city almost like that i've heard older like older new yorkers say that like when air conditioning happened that like changed then you didn't know your neighbors anymore when mm-hmm. it was hot, you go on the stoop, yeah. and that's when the, when air conditioning was there. That disconnected like everyone from their neighborhood, huh. which I'm like, whoa! You don't even think about that. You're it's, like, yeah. cold air, everything will be perfect. Yeah, you know. Yeah. What we just our latest show is on the history of um, diners and automats mm-hmm. in New York City. One really fascinating fact, which is uh, which really struck me, was that up until like the 1870s, women did not eat outside of the home ever were they not allowed or just culturally wasn't well well, because the only restaurants were only in like sort of just places like districts like wall street yeah and women were not in the workplace at that time not until the invention of the typewriter wow so women only ate in their homes or ate in hotels or ate in boarding houses i mean it would have been very restrictive restrictive and then once women like two things happened like one of them was like women entered the workforce starting right. the 1880s mm-hmm. and then another one was women like shopping districts like people you start having really wealthy people yeah and those wealthy people had a lot of money so then there were a lot of department stores and mm-hmm. so then department stores women went to those and then so a restaurant scene developed for those women and part of that is what we get our, where we get our diner because the well, luncheonette developed because of um, you know, women yeah. needed to eat something while they were shopping, or they needed to go somewhere like on their lunch breaks. So. Not only a fantastic fact, but extremely relevant to Sex in the City. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Talk yeah. In, I can't in imagine and restaurants. an episode of Sex in the City where a the women aren't shopping or uh, eating <laughs> eating out. It would be a very different show. That is a really good point, and the fact that you know four women would go out and drink. Yeah would be unheard of yeah a hundred years ago i mean just that simply would have happened the concept these women these women would actually have been thrown in jail oh my god yeah just doing their basic like like whatever like the scenario of the week is yeah it would be like oh these women are prostitutes let's throw them into jail so um someone needs to make a sex in the 1800 city and see what that one looks like <laughs> every episode is just them in jail samantha flirts with the same bailiff yeah. or they're, or they're like in a parlor somewhere right. and like you know like a woman one of them the samantha walks in and her ankle is bare, bare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh honey charlotte had cholera again <laughs> oh, no. you're under arrest sweetheart he's like so yeah Are those handcuffs i think we could use those <laughs> Well, you've come a long way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to say so, and thank goodness. So it's, it's good to oftentimes look because when we review this show a lot, we look at the timepiece that is Sex and the City and how things have changed now, mm-hmm. and it's kind of interesting, at least the little bit that we have, to look at Sex and the City and then look back and see kind of how it's progressed as well, women yeah, I mean, they up were, Sex and the City. Those they're they're like their behavior, their their the, how they how they carry themselves on the show 
was bold, was like bold for that time. Yeah, like bold yeah. in the late nineties. Like, right. I mean, I mean that was like the, that was kind of the shock factor, which I think I feel like we lose a little bit of when right. you watch it now. Yeah, because of course, like I think women are even mm-hmm. freer to, yeah. to do the things that they want to right. now than they might have been then. And then to see it depicted in pop culture, right? Mm-hmm. Since then, like yeah. the characterizations of women are a lot more nuanced. Now, you you mentioned that. The meatpacking district, for instance, wasn't made from Sex and City. It was a reflection of what was actually happening. Yeah. Do you think that, and you lived in New York at the time, was there bubbles of New York that Sex and the City was merely reflecting, or were they really pushing the boundaries and being, are, are women emboldened now because of Sex and the City, or was it a reflection in that um, regards too? You know, I think, and people have, you know, you've probably read this, that like what the. <laughs> The women of Sex and the City are really just gay men and how they would have acted in the, in the late 90s. Right. Especially the places that they go and, the, and some, some of the ways that they act was a, kind of reflective of the gay scene in, yeah. the, in the late 90s. And so, and so I was, because I was a part of that, I can see that show and be like, oh, yeah. That's like. It's just I remember that, going to cafeteria at that time. Right. The cafeteria and the meat. I mean, the thing is, is the meatpacking district did have like fabulous fancy restaurants this was years years before the highline was open so yeah. it was like this abandoned like uh scary relic that was drifting around but it was like so there were some fancy restaurants but then there were a lot of gay bars and downtown clubs there mm. too which the show i think hints at once in a while mm-hmm. it doesn't quite show in the way that like that was like the meatpacking district in the mid 90s was like literally um like people like going to like crazy clubs like mother or like leather bars or and, and then it would be prostitutes but then the streets would be covered in like blood because of course they're like meat so that was interesting yeah there, Whoa. you know so they were then, still using it for primarily like meat butchering, yeah. yeah i like mean there's still like a vestige of it there now i think almost as just like a symbol right. of what mm-hmm. it used to be yeah but there was like I remember like slabs of beef being oh like dragged gosh. down the street, and that was just like you know, like 1998. I mean, during the period yeah. of me of uh, of Sex in the City. Right. So, but I don't think they ever showed that in the. Show. I mean, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe you'll yeah, when, we, when you we see it the meatpacking yeah. district. Yeah, yeah, we oh, seen that, yeah. Oh, so maybe they will kind of show that. Yeah, because it's yeah. So, um, we're we're gonna watch uh, episode, episode today. 15. It's episode fifteen, season two. It's called Shortcomings. 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 Ooh, Shortcomings. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. Have you seen it? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I used to. I mean, I had all of these on like DVD. Yeah. Okay. I mean, which I've since gotten rid of, as as most of my DVD collection has been dis- uh, has been dispersed. So I don't remember it though. I mean, it didn't it didn't jump out at me, so I cool. can't wait to see it again. Well, we'll watch it now, and then we'll talk about it in after. Yeah. Cool. All right. Bye. We'll see you soon. Bye. Episode 27, Shortcomings. Carrie dates an author who has a premature ejaculation problem and finds that she regrets having to break up with his perfect family. Child-phobic Miranda dates a divorced father who has a son. Charlotte's brother Wesley stays with her after his wife leaves him. And Samantha gives him exactly what he needs, sex. And now, back to the boys. And we're back. Welcome back, everybody. We just watched that episode. You know what? I I thought, because the last one was the fuck buddy, and then this, I was like, 
shortcomings. Oh, I was like, that's interesting. They're not really going with the whole puns anymore. And then I was like, oh, yeah. and, 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 and the whole one yeah. got by me. <laughs> so, um, great episode. Yeah. I, I really, I was, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good because, yeah, it, it wasn't extreme in the way that Sex and the City can sometimes right. be, where you're just like, what, on what universe would that ever happen? Yeah. Like, these seem to be like, realistic scenarios right. that would happen separately and so right. it's interesting to see them together yeah i totally think that everything in this episode could really happen to someone it probably has happened to someone we once heard that everything that happens in the show had to have been something that happened to one of the writers or one of the writers knew of intimately mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this one's like definitely you can see you i mean we have friends who are probably dating divorced people with kids mm-hmm. and we have people who are whose siblings have probably hooked up with their friends and mm-hmm. all of it everything in this episode was definitely re- very realistic i'm impressed with the restraint and we can talk about the the child one more but i'm surprised that they didn't go like like she didn't accidentally throw the child off the roof or yeah something, yeah you know yeah. i mean like what happens yeah. is like oh that ha- could really happen right probably yeah. really did happen yeah, yeah. And and not that bad. The definite overreaction by the father on the part. <laughs> yeah, but, it, this she, show actually, I think they put into place. That's when Jim started banning kids or having their own playgrounds. Yeah, right. Now they have like. Oh now they, yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't know. So what, do we know what year this episode came out? Two thousand. Uh, probably two thousand. I, oh, yeah. I think double that check. was. I think I still had a, a New York Sports Club gym membership yeah, in two thousand. I specifically do not. Re- I don't remember any children like running, running around, around. but and, you know everyone yeah. i'm sure it was diff- d- different depending on the neighborhood yeah i like how they were talking about how sundays just the streets get overwhelmed with kids the starbucks the, it is first the bookstores. day we're recording this on first day of school yeah too, and so. and as someone who spent several years in park slope mm-hmm. the weekends it's like it, it is a sea of children oh yeah they're I, everywhere i have a friend that i i run with sometimes and he's just a total misanthrope about everything and he's just like the six four jacked model, and he just like jogs, and he's just like fucking kids, and then he just like <laughs> will mime like hitting them as we walk by, and I'm like, dude, like you got to move to a different neighborhood, Park Slope, yeah, not Park the neighborhood Slope, for you, not where you want to be. If you're, you're I, mean, not I thought kids. this was what was interesting about that the Miranda plot line. First of all, they gave it to Miranda, mm-hmm. like it would. I think this would have played differently had it been Carrie, yeah, or, yeah. or Samantha, because she was so dry and clinical about it. Um, and then it also kind of is previews what's sort of happening in the world with like helicopter parenting and the right. sort of new, new, new ways of of, of parenting because he's seen yeah his reaction's totally unrealistic yeah but he does say in the beginning that he does is the worst parent ever and breaks all the rules of parenting mm-hmm. and I definitely <laughs> think that played out when he completely overreacted over a little nick on his head did the kid did not need a stitch right he just was overreacting like the kid just had like a barely a little cut even if the kid does need a stitch you shouldn't was, be walking down a lady using the bathroom yeah I, I mean, yeah that is like so <laughs> clearly like if so, but maybe you know to be fair maybe the kid didn't realize maybe he, he doesn't have women over yeah so. but yeah. still yeah the, the whole thing and it was weird right and what was interesting about it is it all happened in like a split second right that like everything was fine and then oh wait a minute she's kicked out of the apartment yeah, yeah. This is the precursor to that nbc show the slap <laughs> where he this slaps, is the slap, which I think it was is. like a Australian miniseries before or something. We've talked about the slap on oh, here yeah, multiple times. Yeah, slap, that's, that's right. So I'll do a quick recap. Uh, essentially, uh, there's four. There's probably three stories because I think Samantha's and Charlotte's are pretty similar. 
uh, shortcomings has to deal with shortcomings in relationships with all of the women. Uh, Miranda, of course, starts dating a divorcee who has a, a child, and she's wrestling with uh, the baggage of dating someone who has a kid. Um, Carrie, of course, starts dating Von Weisel, a writer who she falls in love with her family, but their sex life is not uh, as uh, good as she w- would like it to be. He has premature ejaculation issues and refuses to talk about it. And she <clears throat> wrestles with uh, what what that means for the relationship. And she's also really into their family, uh, which we'll get to. And then, of course, Charlotte has her brother, Wesley, who's getting divorced from Leslie uh, over at her house. <laughs> And uh, when Samantha and Wesley, you know the old adage, when Samantha and Wesley meet, sparks fly, and that's uh, that's exactly what happens. So so Charlotte has to not only deal with uh, you know the the sadness of her brother's divorce, but her best friend banging her brother. And uh, yeah, so let's uh, we'll dive back in. I guess we're gonna die. I think we can start off by saying we have a listener. Then uh, Wesley, Leslie, we have a listener named Bruna. She came to our Bellhouse show and she listens. And her husband's name is Bruno. Bruno and Br- Bruna. Bruno and Bruno. Oh, isn't that great? Oh, that's <laughs> fantastic. So shout out to Bruna. If yeah, you're listening. Bruna and Bruno. Well, if she's still listening. <laughs> I mean, my parents were named uh, Mary and Jerry. Really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> it happens in the real world. My yeah, parents are named Lynn and Laura, which is not. A, well, you know, it's like it's well, there's it's, some alliteration, alliteration. Um, I mean, that was it's so. I you, thought Dad. that was a nice storyline. Although the, I think the way they set it up was a little pokey. Have we seen Wesley before? Is this the first appearance We've of never, this brother character? Or? I think this is the first appearance oh, of Charlotte's brother. Well, I, I don't. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Actually, I don't, I don't remember think him. We've seen no, we have any relatives of any that's, of them. That's have what we? was jarring. It was sort of like, oh yeah, Charlotte doesn't exist in a vacuum. You know, I yeah. was confused. Actually, I didn't. know. was like, wait, is that a who is like an ex boy? Who is this? A ex boyfriend? Yeah. Whatever. And then once it was sort of explained, yeah, it's out of it's out of like out of nowhere. Yeah. Family members, which yeah. is so weird that they because ha- because when you have lasting friendships in New York, you you become very familiar with your friends' families. I mean, New York is such a great place to travel to that families are always traveling here. So it's like, mm-hmm. I've met your parents, Kevin, you've mm-hmm. met my parents, I've met your parents, mm-hmm. you've met my brother. Like, yep. like we all kind of know each other's families a little bit. Yeah. And they were all such good friends and they like didn't know anything about this Wesley guy, which I imagine yeah. Yeah. isn't super well, accurate. If they're he was super married. Close. Yeah. He was married. Maybe, you know, now he's getting out of the family life. He's got to get into New York and into Samantha. Yeah. Get into Samantha. Take a tour. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Take so, a little bus tour. So hop on, was, hop off. I thought the most intriguing information in the following scene with them was that Charlotte doesn't have vodka in her house. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I missed that part. Because he, yeah. he was like, she oh, was he like, wanted oh, a really? stiff martini. Yeah. yeah, which is you know perfectly understandable. She was making these m- muffins it's that also, Nana used to make. People yeah. love we, muffins in the show. It, we, and yes. Muffins are gone in the, the in the Hamptons episode. Yes. They yeah they she went to get the good muffins yeah we we were saying scones are the new muffin yeah or maybe it, or maybe croissants. it's a whole carb thing that you know I think it's people, a carb thing because bagels lasted though and bagels, you know the Wiesels what had their bagels and their and their oh, yeah. their fish and, yeah, and bagels, bagels are always going to be we around. also live in New York and That's bagels true. hold up more here yeah but I I do think like the muffin fad probably 
went a little bit down with the with the Atkins diet and with the South yeah, Beach so. diet mm-hmm. and, and the concern we're, with carbs. When you were here in the '90s, were muffins yeah. like? Yeah, the, I'm trying the, to think about like, did I eat muffins? Like a giant, like, you know those giant chocolate chip chocolate muffins that they would have at the front of like a coffee uh-huh. place or something? <laughs> I don't see those that much anymore, and I can't imagine no. anyone else for breakfast. You go to the meatpacking district. You go to Leather <laughs> well, Barn. You grab a muffin. Well, there's obviously <laughs> Magnolia. Like, so then the yeah. show obviously then not to spoil yeah, yeah. plays into like other baked goods right, in a right. major significant way but yeah. yeah it's true that that's not a muffin which brings forth <laughs> the cupcakes and the cupcakes that we're kind of cupcakes are still around they're still mm-hmm. pretty big like and baked by melissa and all those and all the cupcake is is a muffin with icing on top it's a muffin with a hat a muffin yeah. with a frosty <laughs> little hat uh-huh. but sex in the city kind of kicked off the cupcakes thing right i think that's uh, yeah heard. yeah yeah. that is totally true yeah. like that is that is a lasting impact i think you could draw to the show because oh, yeah. it because it was uh because it was specific it was not only that it was cupcakes but it was cupcakes in this particularly like right. kind of romantic like real life place yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. like i think that that was what that was but yeah muffins i think that there were Gosh, I don't remember. And I don't remember they those talk about things. the muffin top shop. Like, there's there's a whole yeah. episode yeah. where they're eating just the muffin tops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. Well, I, I think I liked that. Speaking of Seinfeld, I liked the Charlotte Samantha thing because it reminded me of the like when Elaine and George hang out and all they do is talk about Jerry, and that's like a joke they yeah. made after a while. But this was like, it, it, I would not have guessed. I was like, oh yeah, Samantha and Charlotte are autonomous friends outside of that, and usually it's based around Carrie or so right. far based around Miranda. So I thought that was nice, them to have their own thing to deal with without mm-hmm. anyone else. And I thought it was really, I just thought it was a good storyline. And I liked I liked how they made up at the end. Yeah. I thought, I thought they handled it the way everyone should, and it was the right amount of tension of like, she should be pissed. And then she also should apologize and then yeah. have a good time. That, I.e., that is exactly how it plays out in the real world, probably. Like, <laughs> yeah, what happened yeah. was yeah. exactly how, yes. like, like I have been in a situation or seen situations like this that that, that happened exactly the same yeah. way. Yeah. Um, where someone's, you know, slept with a, a, a sibling or a cousin or something. Right. Understandably, got upset about it, and then like you know, there's, a, there's like, like a quick a overreaction, and then an, an accepted apology. Yeah, usually yeah. there's not bad bad blood forever. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. I, love, I love that Samantha gave her like the basketball slap in the ass, like get in there, champ. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's so Samantha. I mean, it is, but it's very Charlotte that like the apology came with this huge like basket yeah. Yeah. of like oh it was muffins and there was like if you notice some sort of jam. It was yeah. like the weird. It was a weirdly impersonal gift, right? Like, it was, <laughs> I know you love gift <laughs> baskets. That's the second time when they went up to that bachelor, the, not the bachelor, when they went to the baby shower episode. Doesn't Charlotte bring like a giant basket gift? To oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's no, her thing know, is baskets. It's, it's, a formal, it's a formal declaration of goodwill, I yeah. guess. It's, yeah. If it's good enough for, um, uh, if it's good enough for the, like those fruit baskets, mm-hmm. like the I suppose it's good enough for Charlotte. You know, also what is kind of nice for Wesley is like he's getting out of it's kind of like the picture perfect thing for Samantha. There's not a guy who's trying to like win her over and she's not using a guy. It's like she's like just looking at like bang interesting people and have a good time. And he's just like, I'm just getting out of this marriage. Yeah, this is what I need. It's kind of like the perfect match for them. Yeah. For this Do you think little Samantha knew she was doing him a solid? Like, do you think she knew she was like, like, really help, like, 
or did she think she oh this is just an interesting guy that i'm gonna hook up with or do you think she she like recognized she the deal. this man needs sex i think it was probably I both. Provide it to him <laughs> And wow. he's, he's attractive. And so it's like, a little bit like she has like a Dr. Ruth Westheimer like yeah. kissing thing. She's like, I want to help this man right, by yeah. having sex with him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, she probably saw like a wounded puppy and she just wanted to take care of him. And, you know, Samantha can do that. I, it's probably it's sad that he had the he hadn't had sex for two years and he lasted longer than Justin Thoreau. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sex yeah. Time. Also, that was the second time we've seen Justin Thoreau mm-hmm. in the show, only a season apart. He yeah. was in season one and season two. Oh, it's a different character? Different, different character, character obviously. Right? Who did yeah. he play the first time? He played, he's in... Um, Sean Rose. Was the shirtless dance guy? The shirtless guy at the club? He No, he's the... I think when she goes... I think it's when... Remember she like calls big and she's like, I'm out with some younger guys. And they're mm-hmm. at that, some bar yeah. in Union Square. I think that's who Justin Thoreau okay. is. I remember, I remember you guys bringing him up, but I don't remember if it was like the same character or not. I'm, I think that's when it is, but it's a totally different character. He Let's, does look different. He has like a shaved head and glasses in this one, and okay. he has like longer that hair in the other said, one. Like he still looks almost the same. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that is true. I did, I did like describe a way that it'd be like we're gonna make him look totally different. Shave his head short yeah. and put glasses <laughs> on him. That's like the well, worst villain disguise ever. Well, so, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he's because we. I guess it's because we recognize him now as a known actor yeah so right. it's sort of maybe a little harder to disguise that so have you guys ever been in a situation like carrie has been in where you're dating someone and there's there's something not super right about it but there's like like their fan they have like a family or a cool apartment or like a dog you really like and you're sticking around because with of that the- person because of the other attachments that you have to the person that's a good question um, I don't know. I, don't need know. To th- I need to. Th- I need to think on that. I can't. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's like you're basically saying you're basically saying you're sticking around for the perks. Well, I mean, that was Carrie's. That was like Carrie's line is like when you date someone, how many people become emotionally involved? Like, it's not. It's it's not just the person you're necessarily dating, but are there other attachments I, that you can? I would say that's a, that's one of the harder parts about any breakup I've experienced is like. If you get to know the parents and you get along with them, mm-hmm. right, or their friends and stuff, or or family, and that that yeah, the friends is like a really hard one. The friends, yeah, like when yeah. you date someone and they have a like really great friend circle, and it's not like, and you the relationship probably isn't going to be working out, and you're like, man, like what does this mean to all these great friendships that I've mm-hmm. forged? You know, I, I definitely have seen friends like friends of friends later after a relationship is over and like seeing people out and then been like, Hey, and it'd be kind of weird. And yeah. then I like said, there's some like people... a pall over it or something. Yeah. Right. And I did tell people one time I was like, Hey, listen, uh, I, it's good to see you guys again. I know it's weird. And they were like, it's not weird. They're like, we get it, but we it's love totally you. weird. <laughs> yeah. But it is weird. I mean, I had a situation where I dated someone for a, a few years and then it was just ended in a way where I was like, Oh, I am so glad that, that I am out of that situation. But then it was like, like the relationship ended in a very clean way, but yeah. then the relationship with the friends was actually the difficult part. Oh, is then trying to extract yourself out of those situations when nothing occurred between you and those yeah. people yeah. is when that was like painful than the breakup. That right. happened you know? with this one when Carrie, you know, was like, I'm going to get out of this because he's not dealing with this well. And then she had to break up with the mom, with right. Valerie mm-hmm. Harper. Which was, was a great like, scene. It was, it was such really a good funny. scene. And, and, it was and really the mom well did a really great job acting that scene. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, she's awesome. 
Valerie Harper. What else? Like, Valerie Harper. Legend. What is Legend. Mary Tyler Moore Show? Comedy, oh. comedy legend. Yeah, she was on. Then she was on the Va- Valerie, mm-hmm. then, which was Valerie's family, and then the Hogan, Hogan. family when they killed her off because right. I think she had a con- contract dispute. Do you know, by the way, who her son was on that TV show? Jason Bateman. Yeah, that was. Wow. The, that was yeah, wasn't yeah. that the first big? Bateman. He was in Silver Spoons oh, before right. that. I yeah, am like yeah. 80s sitcoms are my like weird like hole of like deep well of knowledge. You know <laughs> what's interesting about the setup for Carrie Sh- like as a sort of psychological experiment. What if like so Justin Thoreau's character? What if he hadn't been kind of a like a douchebag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if he had been like, oh, you know, we should really work this out. So it would right. have been like this. It was a, a, like a philosophical experiment of like, could she be in this incredible relationship with this person, but no sex? Yeah. Or like the sex would have been like oh. a disaster. Well, she's, she seemed open to that. Yeah. To like yeah, yeah. She's the one that wanted to talk about the, the issue. And he's the one who completely stonewalled her and like got really sensitive about it. Well, Cause I think at that level, I think a lot of people could relate to that uh-huh. storyline and they had to kind of make him, you know, sort of awful or else like, you know, maybe she, you know, maybe like, a lot of people choose to stay in relationships like that because right. it does have all these other benefits and then there is genuine affection but then he just he's off so then it's yeah. okay yeah and, <laughs> it's, just like and it's, it's perpetuated by the fact that you're literally dating that the expert on sex in new york city oh yeah, oh, yeah. Probably, like, carrying a lot of that like i'm sure if he had a relationship with a, a just a random finance woman it would have been a lot easier for him to talk about mm-hmm. that issue but when it's carrie bradshaw when it's the expert on this mm-hmm. it becomes a lot more difficult because you know she may have opinions or, or other experiences that make it hard i i put on our our insta for people to message in and we got actually one for each storyline and okay sweet and it's thoughts on justin seeing justin throw again very cool yeah and advice from the male perspective on his unique shortcomings <laughs> and what would steve's advice be now i know i heard I, there's no steve in this, no, no, no steve in this. but i so, we can still talk about what steve's advice will be yeah certainly <laughs> in a little bit but um we should what i what would your advice be i mean my most like crudest advice to him would be like if like you shouldn't Sorry about that. Just play, just that, play. Was, that was, that no, was a little premature right there. That was a little, <laughs> little premature. Premature, premature Steve. Steve, Steve, Steve which is, it seems to talk about what, your, what okay, was your advice the, be? Um, the, it, would, it would just be the crude advice of being like, you should you should jerk off before you hang out with her yeah, so you can uh, last yeah, longer. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. If, See, if, that, that to me is a band-aid. That, that's like, like, how about telling him not to be such an asshole when talking about issues? Like, she wanted to talk about it, and he just completely shut down. Okay, well, because it's it is a thing of intimacy. Okay, well then, what I would say is that they should have that experience where he shoots early, and then <laughs> like, hey, let's get a coffee, let's regroup in a half hour, and then we should probably be able to last a little longer next time. Yeah, but you he shuts down, so they can't even do that. Right, I, I think we should combine you and John's experience, and that they should have the conversation, and he should masturbate during the conversation <laughs> oh, well, that would that work helps also no, but yeah. like, like clearly i mean there there's like some deeper issues there with his mom like like making him discuss everything i get that like talking for him is is burdensome and something that he probably relates to tra- some sort of traumatic upbringing but 
Like, it affected him so deeply that he not only shut down in front of Carrie, but then treated his mm. whole family like complete assholes. So, yeah, there's that, a that darkness. Guy, there's a darkness. If she had stayed with him, who knows what sort of deep, dark secrets would have come Oh, you know that up. family after five years. Like, <laughs> fuck that family. Like, that is that is such, like, the the amazing, like, first few weeks. And then you're like, like, even the mom breaking up with Carrie at the end oh just shows, gosh. like, oh, she's nuts. There's so like, many that is an yeah. Yeah. Like crazy mom. I what? can get down with that family. They're, they seem super fun. Well, I know, be... but once they're your family, you're gonna be like, you're gonna be thorough. And then you got to think about your kids. How much you're that? Well, that that ends up becoming the movie Hereditary. Yeah. How the grandmother is like messing <laughs> with. I don't yeah. know if you guys have seen it's that or not. Like the movie Hereditary. You, yeah. You know what you're gonna want to do if you spend all the time with oh, Rose family. You're gonna want to go be by yourself at Walden Pond. <laughs> Are my lit heads out there? <laughs> I was thinking there was like a, a Hereditary thing coming there. <laughs> Never but I, I think, I mean, I would say, um, yeah, I mean, they, oh, no, no, no. What, what I was going to say about that family is it reminded me so much of a Noah Baumbach film. Oh, yeah. Because it was oh, like a Jim Brown stuff. Oh, like, completely. Totally, like, even, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like such a Noah Baumbach yeah. film. I could almost see this, you know, in their early days, like in the 80s, they used to like when they did spinoffs of te- television shows, mm-hmm. they would have one episode with like when you were with all these a bunch of characters that you don't know, but then those characters would spin off into a show. Like I could have seen yeah. that family. Yes. been like a new HBO show. Yeah. yeah. You know, like directed by a young a bomb box yeah so, that totally. basically what they did with meet the fuckers like, <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. so the um so yeah no i mean but that's to the credit of the show that they made this like in these few short scenes mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. saw what the stakes were yeah and you mm-hmm. loved the family i was like that became the storyline but i was like man this family is great and then i was like oh that's the point you know the yeah. only problem is that for the for the husband they should have gotten wallace sean Oh, like yeah. That Wallace Shawn role. He just was out of town or something. Yeah, that would have been a great <laughs> Wallace Shawn I don't know who Wallace Shawn is. Wallace oh. Shawn is inconceivable. Inconceivable. And... Oh, yeah. Okay, thank <laughs> I mean, you. He's, he's yeah. many like, other things. Like dinner with Andre. Yeah, like, yeah. He's so Mr. Upper West Side. Yeah. yeah. The T-Rex from uh, from Toy Story for all years. Yes, yeah. yeah. You're saying you can't last more than two seconds? <laughs> We gotta talk about this, son. Yeah. I don't know. What has, I wonder if Wallace Shawn's been on a Sex and City episode. I, I feel like he, he. I feel like he. I don't know. By but it seems by like New York yeah. Law has yeah. yeah. been on a couple. Well, he was on. He was a semi-regular on Gossip Girl. So if okay. he was on Gossip Girl, yeah. he had to have been on Sex and the like City. He's got to be in a Sex and the City it's somewhere. Funny too, because he had he writes like these very. Contra- like he has plays that have been banned in countries because they're so <laughs> like sexually dark and really? related. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Yeah, and then he... That's inconceivable. That's like when I... This is the same reaction I'm going through when I first found out that Bob Saget was like an offensive comedian. Yeah, yeah. Like, you grew yeah. up like, you know, he was, just, he was just Danny Tanner. And yeah. then when I heard like some of his stand-up, I was like, hold on a second. Yeah, yeah. Hold on a second. That's Jesse talk right there. What are you doing, Danny? What you, whoa, did DJ ever hear this? <laughs> so, uh, so, Corey, do you, what would Steve's, what would Steve's yeah. advice be? Well, that brings us to a segment of it's a favorite time. It's a favorite guy. It's Steve Talk. Miranda. All right. <laughs> Welcome to Steve Talk, podcast within a podcast mm-hmm. where we talk all things Steve. Unfortunately, Steve was not on this episode, but we have somewhat of a good idea what Steve would say given that situation. Corey, you want to take it away? Uh, so I, I have a couple problems with... Some of it's with intimacy, and you know, 
I, things have been rough at the bar. And I feel like I've just been really stressed out. But this talk has been really good. And to be honest with you, like right now, I think I could go again. <laughs> and I think that I could last oh longer. God. I think I could last a lot longer right now, Miranda. <laughs> That's so it's a favorite Again? You can both in and out? We always got a bookend it, man. We're, we're going to keep it's every episode under an hour Miranda. and... and- we're gonna I mean, we're gonna get it. We'll, we'll make a truncated in and out for Steve talk. I know that you said I'm. I know you said the spoilers are okay, but I'm not going to spoil this for you. Okay. All, all, only to say that what happens in like there is a version of Miranda's storyline that involves Steve later. Oh. Oh. Well, that's all I'm going to say. That's all oh. I'm going to say. At, at, at this point, we're not tell. even sure if Steve's ever coming back. I mean, oh, we hope. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. We, we know he comes back. We were hoping at the end when we saw Skipper for the last time ever on the last episode, and yeah. we were hoping that Steve would come and kill Skipper <laughs> for Miranda's love. What What if they use, reuse Skipper again the same way they used Justin Thoreau as just that they just shave his head? <laughs> it's a different guy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so great. You want to meet my family? Okay. <laughs> Speaking of Miranda, yeah, yeah. DeRoyan said the guy Miranda dates in episode 15 is unreasonable at the end of the episode. What do you guys think? About the, oh, I about think, about the, could, I think we were all on board. Yeah, with that. yeah, yeah. So. yeah. It was, a, was it was a, it was it was a super realistic storyline until the until that guy acted the way he did. Do you think it's un, unrealistic completely, or has you ever been in a relationship that's like going along fine, and then there's something that's like no Whoa. let's put let's put things into perspective here his kid took a stick and beat the shit out of her with it so he did <laughs> and he was just like oh sorry should have gotten you a helmet and laughed it off here's a worm he tried to <laughs> yeah. keep on her pissing and she accidentally closed the door in his face and now the guy's gonna overreact come on yeah that like, child was a set up as a vile demon yes that we like have no sympathy for right and so you know maybe i mean had it been a more nuanced situation, had this been an hour-long drama, perhaps right. we would have seen a more nuanced version of that. Yeah. So so maybe it had to be like on right. a dime where things kind of twisted. And maybe but, even if he like was he was like it pained him to say just go, like when you're putting down your favorite dog and you're like, yeah. just just, just go, go, just go. But he was just like he was just like He's gonna angry. have to get a stitch. Yeah, just get, get out of here. And then what was the line Carrie's line about like if if no one is no if no one is there to see you off, then right. you're never coming back again exactly. or something yeah. like yeah. that. And there I mean, Miranda's been putting herself through the ringer lately in these relationships. Yeah. She's yeah. been last one she was with Kevin, the mean the mean lawyer. The yelling lawyer. There's like craft beer. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. I mean that's yeah. That was what the last episode? What is yeah? What's she's picking some real zingers? Well, here, she had to choose this guy because she tried to go after Skipper. He ran away. Thank God. You know what Miranda yeah. needs to do? What? Bang Samantha. Just feel just feel a little bit better. <laughs> oh yeah. She needs to go visit that tourist spot. Open By all way, night. I'm, I'm sure you've addressed this. It is very funny to watch these these episodes with Cynthia Nixon. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. In, in sort of modern context. Oh yeah. And been being like, wow, like um, you could have used a couple things and a couple clips from that in an, in an anti Cynthia Nixon ad. Oh, yeah. Context. Yeah. I wonder you know? if Cuomo even tried to do that. He's probably just trying to keep his head down till like till yeah, it's yeah, yeah yeah yeah. But it's so. like. It w- I mean, or why, why didn't like her campaign staff get creative with it and take 
Cuomo's head and and almost like uh like paste it onto <laughs> Kevin the angry ex's body <laughs> and have her just like cleaning up Cuomo's beard and stuff. Goodbye. Like that. Yeah. Have you, did you guys see the the video John Early did for yes. yesterday? Yeah. Oh right, yeah. Uh, it's so funny. He's <laughs> basically he's trying to interview her seriously, but he keeps on asking her Miranda questions. But oh, that's funny. yeah, that's so good. funny. That was pretty funny. Was she in on? Was she in on the? Oh group? yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. He's interviewing her. And well, you could have taken this episode and put Cuomo's head on the child's body <laughs> and then but then the father but on the father you can just put like like Albany corruption yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he chooses to run to the arms just of Albany corru- corruption Cuomo tried to walk in on Cynthia Nixon in the bathroom <laughs> at City Hall Andrew Cuomo touches all the elevator buttons when you want to take the elevator down Andrew Cuomo will hit you with a stick New York and then Put worms in your hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this has been brought to you by Cynthia Nixon. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, uh, if only we were in charge of her campaign. Yeah, exactly. you know, it's a little exactly. too late now. Okay. Uh, Mushy Doll says, question regarding our friends off the table, our friend siblings off the table, which is the last storyline that we have. <laughs> no. Meaning, the, should you not pursue any kind of relationship with siblings or your friends? I think it can get weird and messy. Siblings, you're and saying that, or they're saying it can get weird and messy. Siblings and exes just need to go through code. There just has to be communication yes. beforehand. Very mm-hmm. true. As long as you go through code, the proper code of conduct, then it should be fine. If if Samantha was like, "Hey, uh, I, I your brother's super attractive," I mean, maybe that's different because they just met. But generally, like, if if I know you have a sister and we're hanging out and we're friends, and I was like, "Hey, Kevin," like. I want to ask your sister out. Mm-hmm. Then, then it's my on si- you. My sister's married. Okay, you get what I'm saying. You're then- married. <laughs> what, wait, is that a, is what the- is happening? Get off the mic. Turn the pot. You haven't established but- the ground rules. Is that cool? <laughs> <laughs> it's code. It's yeah. code. Right? Is that in yeah. code? But I mean, the funny part about the the scene in the bar is that I think that we're like literally. A half a second when the scene started, we all maybe looked at each other. Like, oh, we know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because it's like it was so telegraphed. Yeah. And thankfully, in, within the scene, you know, Charlotte sees it almost yeah. immediately too. After I think like two lines right. of dialogue, mm-hmm. so. you see Samantha get those thirsty eyes, and you're like, "Oh, this girl's up to no good." Jazz club. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, but I think as long as there's communication, and then if if Samantha were to say to Charlotte, "Like, I really want to ask out your brother. He's really interesting." And then Charlotte can at least process it. And if she yeah. says no, I still think Samantha has the right to approach her her Charlotte's brother as an like as an adult. You can then say with good yeah. conscience, ask him out. You know, my my sister, I I dated a girl in high school senior year, and then I went off to college, and my sister and her became really good friends, and we were we were apart long enough that like it was weird at first mm-hmm. when we broke up, and then. I saw her multiple times, like just in the context of my sister and her hanging out. But it did; it went through that phase of having to like settle back down once the emotions are like chilled out again. Mm. Then it was over. It, but it was weird for a time. Yeah, it's weird you know? for me. It's weird, you know, and it's weird for me. <laughs> I dated, and I dated my sister's friend, my older sister Jamie. I dated this girl Emily, and my sister hated me all through high school because I would, and sometimes I'd be hanging out in her friend group. Well, now I look back, it was, it was. Not cool. How? How? Yeah. What's the age difference of the girl you dated and you? How many years? I was a sophomore and she was a senior. Oh, that's like two years. That, I mean, I guess that more but becomes a friend of, group thing. Yeah, yeah. And it was that's in the true. Context that's high school. school. My sister was just like 
my brother's invading my right my the, space. The funny thing is that whole plot line would have played out completely different had like literally all the characters been maybe a decade or two older. Yes, yeah. like yes. Charlotte would have probably like hooked her brother up. Totally, like, you know, it would have just played out. It's interesting because it just it was a snapshot of who those characters were and, yeah. and their age, and mm-hmm. you can argue that that was um yeah sort of immature yeah yeah yeah. Charlotte to maybe act that way I think she I mean I I think she realized really fast afterwards what she did and that's why she brought over her nice little gift basket of muffins Mm -hmm. but I was I was I liked the ending of that because I was like it was realistic like we said earlier Mm -hmm. and it was like the right move for their relationship I have a question for you comedians if if Charlotte were in an Eminem style rap battle Mm -hmm. and she used is your vagina the hot the hottest spot in town or is your <laughs> vagina in a new york city guidebook because it's the hottest spot in town mm-hmm. how would that would that have gotten like a pretty good reaction and in a rap line would be yes it is and you're welcome to take a tour if you'd be down that'd be the second line That's in the way right. eminem <laughs> I, I actually thought that that line could have just been slightly adjusted with the phrase yo mama is would have yeah. been at the front of it right yeah but, but it's, she it's was in a yo mama set, joke slam competition set off Samantha, because that's something Samantha would have definitely said herself. Yes, like oh, she would, yeah. she would talk about herself that way. But I think it's like one of those things when you are wrestling like with your weight, you can comment about it. But if mm-hmm. someone else is like, "Oh, you're looking yeah. a little heavy," you're like, "Shut up!" Like yeah. you can you can make fun of yourself a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was just kind of interested that that line is the one that like literally set Samantha off, where she threw the thing and walked out and all that. Yeah. It would be great if then, at the end of the episode, when they're having a good laugh about it, she pulled out a New York City guidebook and her vagina was in there. <laughs> and we're like, that would five be stars, stars. 41 reviews. page 16. Well, you know what it I used thought? to be on page 69. <laughs> they mentioned, in, when they were talking about like their sexual histories, I, I don't remember, it was the beginning of the episode, it must have been, but Samantha talked about how she had sex with that one guy because he had a pool. Uh, yeah. yeah, and she and said she, she was 13. 13. 13. Now, that's yeah. pretty young, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I hope it was like one of her figurative things that sometimes yeah. she says, although yeah. I suspect yeah. it's not. Yeah. Well, they just glossed over it, and it was interesting because I'm always looking for opportunities to humanize Samantha because I think sometimes she can still be in caricatureville oh, yeah. when the other characters are like more three-dimensional. But I was like, that's kind of wild. Like, 13 is young. Yeah, and totally. and that was interesting mm-hmm. to be like. I don't think they're gonna. They didn't take that line seriously and be like, "Here's the real sexual history." Right. Yeah. But it was like, man, that's like that's a young time. If, if anything, it's it's very young to realize that using sex as a commodity for exchange for something else. Like oftentimes you'll hear like women in their 30s being like, "Yeah, we were having sex, but he was he, he you had know, like I, a nice there, job. There were benefits. Could... He had a nice job. Or right. For her to realize that mm-hmm. she." was trading her sex just so she could get a, a tan at a pool is something that is very Especially young. Especially as a 13-year-old. As, as a 13-year-old. I mean, even just a 13-year-old really caring about their tan is a little weird. Right. Mm-hmm. A 13-year-old would be like, I yeah. had a killer tan and I was a new teenager. <laughs> yeah. Two years away from getting my permit. Yeah. That's a that's a really old guidebook if she's uh, you know been <laughs> open since 13. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, also, they referenced the Neil Simon Theater. RIP, Neil Simon died this week. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, they said they were at some some play there. Yeah. Um, The 
Uh, I don't know. I had Let's to say do Cosmo something. Scale. Yeah, it's Cosmo Scale. Cosmo right. Scale. Oh, man. So we um, rate the episode mm-hmm. one to five Cosmos. Yeah. Quarter and half Cosmos and fraction Cosmos are allowed. Fraction Cosmos are allowed Kevin, as well. you go first. And we'll go around this way so you can do that. <sighs> I'm a little nervous, but uh, I really... I, I don't have my list in front of me. I'm going to give it four stars. Okay. It's been my favorite episode but in a while. how many Cosmos? Out of... Oh, four yeah. Cosmos, sorry. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if stars equal no, Cosmos. No, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, and I would say that it just all came together for me. I feel like the last episode I said it, it all the elements were there. This, I liked that the storylines were a little different, having Samantha and Charlotte. I liked the people that just came in for one episode. I feel like they were so fully developed. It was yeah. like a lesson in TV writing. Yeah. And then a, a thing that I actually just got tingles just now thinking about it. <laughs> but I think like most New York thing and most relatable thing of the entire series up to now is like, moving here and you have your own people like she's like you choose your family yeah and at the end like she sees her people and i'm like that's what new york city is to me the people that i met here yeah. are like they're it's like family you know so many like, times it, you've had a crappy life event yeah. and then you turn the corner and all your friends are just yes. like hanging out on a roof and you're well, like yeah Ugh. i mean not to like so you know i had just lived in new york for just a few years mm-hmm. when this so this i guess when this episode came out and i was in the same boat like i had to selected my family like i didn't yeah. like i didn't I wasn't talking to many of my family members at that point in my life. Mm-hmm. And then like I chose and I, so that moment that they show at the very end of this, I've had that moment yeah. yes. myself. Yeah. That's and awesome. it's so like, it actually is really unique and beautiful because I don't know, since like everyone's so packed together, you can walk past people or you can be totally, your plans could totally change and you end up with like your favorite people in the world in this awesome place. And mm-hmm. that's like the best part about New York. So I love that ending. And I just thought it was like, it wasn't even that cheesy. Like, at least watching it now, it wasn't like other times I could imagine them doing it and being like, okay, they had to wrap it up and talk about friendship. But that was like kind of grand slam. So I really, really loved it. I am going to copy Kevin and also say four stars and And? four Cosmos. (laughs) Uh, It was a really good episode. And I feel like we've been due for like a full, it, it was, I think the writing was good. I think the cast, like there's good acting in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, definitely. The Valerie Harper scenes and stuff like that. Um, and uh, it was well directed. And I do think that moment you're talking about, like when she says, like, you know, you want to go to your family and seize them. That's like, we've talked about this before, but that moment in Girls when Lena Dunham and, ooh, I just got chills thinking about it. The, <laughs> when the Robin song comes on and it's oh, like yeah. Lena Dunham and Allison uh, Williams and they like, it's like the first time they like they like really bond. I think it's at the end of the pilot of Girls. But there's so many shows. Yeah. It was people have told us that Sex the City ends up getting a little more serious as it goes on. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't like over the head serious, but it was like a good like warm fuzzy kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. ju- and you're right, that is very New York to be like, all my friends are here at this restaurant, and you know I just got out of a whatever situation, yeah. and yeah, now I'm here to see them. In the storm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know. And SJP looking smoking in that dress at the end. <laughs> I have to say, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you, if you discussed. I have to say the fashion in this was so all weirdly good. Huh. Like, I mean, the like I thought all of the outfits were like, like you would see pretty much most of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, like on a person today. Except for Justin throws underwear, which you pointed out. Oh, oh, <laughs> right. the, only, the only weird thing was that, and, and maybe maybe those kind of boxers yeah. were. 
were still like in vogue in the 90s i just thought that his character based on what we knew about his character that that it, maybe there was a maybe that was a clue to his uh in you know inefficiencies right, yeah. in that particular that he had to wear loose underwear or something yeah but, like i thought that was a little out of character yeah, yeah for him. but his yeah. shirt he the shirt that he's wearing at the end at the brunch scene with his family it's like it kind of looks like it was probably from structure or like that kind of thing but that's like weirdly kind of back now like yeah. i feel like mm-hmm. the shirt was even kind of fashionable and in vogue so yeah four stars uh, all around. i'm going four stars as well I, I, we, I don't think we've ever all agreed, but yeah, it, it hit all the right marks. It didn't progress the story, like the overall. So I don't even know if there is like a like a big and carry thing going on anymore or anything. I mean, it was it was an isolated show, but still really good, extremely realistic and relatable for a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons. And then, like you said, like when you live in New York, you kind of always have a sixth sense of where your friends are and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And if you have like a downright awful day you jump into that familiarity mm-hmm. and it like makes everything a lot better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So four stars for four cosmos. There we go. Well, it's weird because you know, so I have seen all the episodes So yeah. then mm-hmm. what I'm evaluating is different from what you're evaluating. Totally, so yeah. I'm going to give this 3.5 okay. because like it's actually fairly average in the overall scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Ah, the show I'm so is excited. Gonna, the show is going to get better and better. Can't wait, like the shows, this, this, the plots get much more complex and everything. So this is fairly average, but I give it a half a Cosmo extra because Valerie Harper, yeah, Valerie yeah. Harper, like yeah. she was so good in this show, and like you're just like, wow, that's all we get ever. Like, right. That was like she built, she made this like fascinating character. She only what had four scenes at yeah. most mm-hmm. in the whole yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And then she's gone. Yeah. And we and never see her again. And they could have spun that off. You're right. That family was like written well enough where they could spin that off into Justin Thoreau's totally. Noah Baumbach family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do think we talked about how realistic the show is. And I wonder if the acting wasn't so good. If it was like that family doesn't exist. It's a testament to like the acting and the writing. Oh, yeah. But also that the performances that it was like that was realistic rather than it being overdone. Well, it, was, you know? it was realistic in the sense that a, a, a TV version of that family you would watch and be like, oh, this is really great. Sh-, like a great mm-hmm. family. If you actually knew them in the real world, you'd mm-hmm. probably be like, OK, this they're like insufferable. Yeah. 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 I like, I'd they're go so over crazy. there. It always smells like capers, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. So in that respect, yeah, those, those they can are never were, they can never get the scallion cream cheese. What's wrong with those? Oh, people? Come on. Just what? get it out there, mom. Um, well, sometime in the future, we're going to be doing this for another long while. So we sure. should we should figure out a history thing to do, or have have the Bowery Boys back on, or do a boys, I would love that little boys well, collab. I, I can bring Tom on, and then yeah, maybe there's an episode. I mean, you won't really know until you come up yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. There may be something that has some. I mean, there's they as the show gets more ambitious, they go out more places. There's yeah, more yeah. like location shoots, and so it'd be fun to like talk about that yeah that'd be awesome that'd be great well tell us uh and tell the listeners where they can find the bowery boys and find you on social media and any of that stuff so you can find the podcast wherever you got this podcast yeah. um just google the bowery boys um our website is barryboyshistory.com and on on all of the devices all the things mm-hmm. twitter bowery boys instagram bowery boys nyc and and a good Christmas gift, maybe a book or something. Oh yeah, we have a book called Adventures in Old New York, yeah, um, awesome. which is uh, just a sort of look at. It's like a, it's like built like a tour guide, like of the past. Mm-hmm. Pretty Where's much. Where's Samantha in it? I'm just curious. 
I'm you know what's funny? Because I think there are a couple Sex in the City references. I think there had to. I, I, yeah, I think there is. I'm not sure if Samantha's specifically in there, but um, but yeah, but the Meatpacking District is like has a whole chapter. Oh, awesome! So, Very cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So, well, thank you for having me on. Thank, thank you so, so much, much for following really you on future episodes. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. We'll thank see you. Ya. See you later. Bye. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cavan, John Sieber, and Kevin James Doyle. The show is produced by Jeremy L. Balin. For more information on the guys, check out their website at bradshawboys.com, on social media at the Bradshaw Boys. And if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. <laughs>